it was it was strange. I was pulling up to my university or to the college, and I would pull up in a at some. I would pull up in like a drop top Lexus, like a seventy thousand dollar car, and I was like nineteen, right? Dude, so um, Val, Sean, uh, he's not making it today, but that's okay. We, um, so uh, y- your thing went viral today. How many likes did you get? Like 3,000, 3,300? Something like that. I had to turn off my notifications. I can't do when you work with, I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how people do it while running full businesses, but um, I had to turn that off because I just can't concentrate. That, that, that thing just, my phone was just blowing up all day. Now you know how I feel. It's it is crazy, right? It's crazy. So you you had three thousand followers, and now you have like nine, maybe nine thousand, something like that. Yeah, I'm up, uh, I mean, it took me how many years to get up to like twenty seven hundred? Um, yeah, now it's I, I don't know. I didn't even look to be honest with you, but I'm probably at like eight nine thousand at this point. So all right, the background here is I met you through my like we we share like a best friend Joe and. Joe told me about you. He goes, this guy's crazy. And so, Val, let me tell you what I know about you, and you tell me if it's right or wrong, and then I want to hear your story. But basically, basically you, he goes, and, and I'll, I won't reveal too many numbers. I'll let you talk about any number that you want to talk about because I, I don't know if what I know is confidential or not. So I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, not gonna mention them. But you, as a 19 year old, you came from uh, Russia. You came from Russia. I came from Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. At the age of 11. Okay. So, and then you come here, you get a computer at like 16 or 17, you start this uh, affiliate marketing uh, business, you're the only employee. By age like 22, 23, you've made something like 30 million in profit from this like one little business. From there, you parlayed that into an, uh, a Lyric website that was like one of the biggest uh, Lyric websites in the world, which doesn't sound that impressive, but most people don't realize that Lyric websites are some of the most biggest websites in the world and so that made like another eight figures in profit from there you parlayed that into an ad network that now is like huge from there you've now launched a jewelry business that apparently joe has said it's bigger than all your other companies but i don't know if that's true or not and then throughout all this you've acquired and sold and developed like a hundred plus million dollars of real estate is all this accurate uh some of it Uh, okay so well, actually, my first. Business- and by the way, the reason I'm having you on here is because we've had a lot of really successful people on here do interesting stuff, and there are like a lot of them are well known. But you don't. I basically the other day begged you to like tweet something, and I helped you write this tweet, and it took like a few days, and we got it out there. But like besides that, you've pretty much have never done any press. You've never talked about this publicly. And when I met you, I was like. This is a gold mine. This guy has so many interesting stories. We got to tell this story. So anyway, what was wrong and what was right? So, okay. So, well, actually, the funny part is that the the first business I had was a, a PlayStation, like a video game website. So it wasn't like huge, but, you know, I was in high school and making like 5,000 bucks a month. Um, that actually taught me a lot of lessons. Um, so the, so the... The search market. And you actually told me, I actually tweeted another thing about you where you said, hey, my 12-year-old son has a website that's making like two Gs a day or something like that. 
um, and he needs an email service provider. Which one should he use? And I tweeted that screenshot, and it went. Yeah, viral. well, that was anonymous. I guess it's not anonymous anymore. But uh, <laughs> so he, he's uh, yeah, that that, that oh, that's interesting. I, I saw you post that, um, and he still has a website. It's not doing as well, be, uh, but uh, not quite a two thousand um, a day anymore. But uh, he's uh, he's working on like coding this thing away, and he's like figuring out all these things. So it's, it's actually amazing to see it, you know, at his, at his age. At, you know, he's so years old. Where, where'd you get? It's crazy that you and your family you just find all these opportunities. Where did it start? So you, you, your thing first thing was a PlayStation website. Which what is that? So it was a site called PSX Extreme. Um, we this is like I launched like in ninety eight, ninety nine, or something like that. Actually, it was ninety nine. It was right before the 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 bubble, the dot com bubble burst. I was like about eight months into the, the, the bubble and it was doing really well. It was very easy to, to generate revenue. And, you know, once I got the traffic, it was, the site was all about anything related to PlayStation. So like get cheat codes, your reviews, um, screenshots, whatever, right? <clears throat> anything for like PlayStation fans. So it was like a PlayStation fan website. Then the dot-com bubble hits, my revenues disappeared 90%. My traffic was still up there, but I had no revenues because all the ad revenue disappeared. Like it went from being $3 CPM down to $0.30 cents CPM if you could be lucky enough to get that. How many people were going to this website? Um, it wasn't huge, but I had like like 10,000 uniques a day, maybe 20,000. In, 90, in 99 and 98, that's got to be a massive site. Yeah, it was, good. it was a good amount of traffic and it was all free. Um, so it was interesting like experience because I had to quickly learn how to generate revenue and I, I had to go out there and sell advertising myself. And you know, like I and then once I figured out that I could sell advertising, I didn't have enough traffic. So I went I started going to other video game sites and saying who had much more traffic than me and said, Hey, I got all these advertisers who would spend more if I had more traffic. Like I'll let me put ads on your sites. So I went to all these other video game sites and like just was a broker for advertising so that was kind of like my first um you know making decent amount of money um i was making five and then like just from the site and i was making probably another 10 a month from being a broker and then the thing that you tweeted today or maybe last night it basically you told the story about how when you were 19 after this playstation site you built an affiliate ad site and it made like i forget the i forget the numbers but in two or three years it was like over 30 million in profit <coughs> so what were you you were selling stuff on behalf of half.com or ebay who were you or no new york times you had like 800 basic you basically you had like 800 ad accounts that sold different stuff so like a new york times subscription for or which sold for a hundred dollars but you were able to uh sell it for only 30 bucks so you were able to keep the difference something like that yeah so you know it's affiliate marketing but i used page search which was very new back then and at the time um when after the dot-com bubble burst all the advertisers got all of a sudden Advertising, digital advertising stopped being interesting. You know, for a sec, for for a moment there, people thought, businesses thought, it might, you know, internet might be over, over hyped, right? Yeah. So all of a sudden, you see kind of all these budgets get, ooh, you know, just get pulled back, right? Especially all the brand advertising, and but nobody really, you know, so everybody had to still figure out how to get customers. So they said, okay, you know what, we won't do brand advertising. 
But if you if somebody drives us customers, we'll pay per customer. Like we can't lose on that, right? So performance marketing. Um, so that was around, and it was very um, accessible. And at the same time, the media wasn't expensive, right? Because the supply was there, but the demand wasn't there. So that's what I took advantage of. I started buying up all, a lot of the supply. Mostly it was search, search, uh, paid search. And that's what made everything so uh, profitable because I was just playing into those supply demand that dynamics that were working in my favor. Um, but yes, what I would do is I would find an advertiser that had a product. I would test it on, at the time, you know, kind of like the, the modern day Yahoo paid search or back then it was called goto.com. Um, and then later Google came around. And so I would test that ad. If it works, I expand on it. If it doesn't work, right, I would figure out how to make it work, right? Uh, if there's a if there's a if there's a way to make it work. And yeah, just like it just uh, you know, I was so able what, to spend a what, dollar what and generate three. And what, what things were you selling? Oh man, everything. Everything. Um yeah. And all of this and all of this was making like uh like many millions of dollars of sales for your little one person operation every year. Yes. That's crazy. About yeah, tell us a little bit about like what was going on in your life at the time. Like did you try and go to college? Were you doing this while you were at college? Did you drop out? Like what what are you doing with your life? Uh so um I already had the business um and I went I got into like I all finance. So I was like, all right, so I'm going to do business finance and I didn't really feel like I should be, but I only did it because, and I had no time for it. You seem like you'd be awful at that. that seems, I am. I, I like was that. awful. I was actually interested in the topics, especially the topics I was interested in, like law or finance or business, accounting. All those things were interesting. Like I, could, I couldn't, I, I couldn't sit through biology. Uh, but even, even though they were interesting, I had no time to study, so I was sucked at tests. My GPA was horrible. I can't remember what it was, but it was just horrible um, because I just didn't care to you know, get prepared for the test. I slept in half of the class. I was just catching up on sleep because I would go to sleep at four o'clock in the morning. And then I... Don't you, don't you still do that? Don't you go to sleep at four and get up at noon? <coughs> yeah, I, I average four, five. Yeah, so if I go to sleep at... <laughs> I think yesterday I went to sleep at four, today I woke up at 11. So I try to get uh, try to get seven hours of sleep. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, a lot of times I have to, you know, live on five, six hours. But do you do do you recognize that you're a weirdo? Um, I'm used to I'm used to it. You know what? I'm I'm a weirdo. Um, I I know I'm I'm do I do everything in reverse. My wife keeps telling me like, like you do everything backwards. So you're you're studying uh, finance, but you're not doing well because you're running these businesses. Well, I'm in school just because I have a Jewish mother, and she wanted me to go to like <laughs> you, gotta God, be in school. To, you have to be in college right or you have to go to, but did they right. know that you're like hey mom like i bet you i'm making more money than you uh i i think she she kind of knew i don't know if she knew but uh what i was making i don't remember um but it was it was strange i was pulling up to my university or to the college uh i went to, i went to baruch um um new york city baruch business of uh finance zicklin business of finance um, and I would pull up in a, at some, I would pull up in like a 
drop top Lexus, like a $70,000 car. And I was like 19, right? So, or 18, whatever I was. I think I was 18 at that point. I think, I don't think I even started the paid surgery biz at this point. So this business is just like crushing it. So like a few years in you've, in your tweet, you said it made over 30 million in profits, like three, four, five years in. So it's gone really well. You're paying like a crazy amount of taxes, you said. So you decide to move uh, to the Burbs a little bit outside of New York City and you like buy a, a cheap house in cash. So things are going well, right? Like it, it's, it, but you, you said, you know, I'm a little bored with this or I'm, I'm not, I don't really want to go much further into this in this racket. I want to try something new. And then the next business was uh, Mobile Fuse, which is around today, right? Um, so I actually launched around the same time um, we launched two businesses. So after, so hold on. So I, I, I launched, I launched the, let's call it the, 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 the music content distribution company. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Right. So that, so we didn't own, I didn't own actually lyric sites. What I did is I built a service. Uh, I built a system that connects called ringtone matcher. And what I realized was there was demand for <clears throat> ringtones and there was all this traffic for, um, for all this music related traffic, especially in lyrics. And so what I did is I built a service. And the other thing I realized is the, the traffic was very much international, like 70% of a, of a music site or a lyric site was non-US. And I noticed that some of the advertisers, like ringtone advertisers were advertised, they'll, they'll do okay but they would have only US, they could only accept us customers and they could only accept like verizon customer or only t-mobile customer so i built this thing called ringtone matcher and ringtone matcher basically integrated like 60 um, countries into one system so if you have a music site you could drive um that those users to ringtone matcher and ringtone matcher will figure out based on geo, like what country you're in, right? Based on what carrier you use, because it's carrier billing. So it's important that, you know, I figure out like if you have T-Mobile and to match you up to a ringtone service that actually um, is compatible with T-Mobile. And then the third thing we look for, that content is available. So if you're clicking on, hey, get this, get Toxic by Britney Spears ringtone on your phone, I need to make sure that that song is also available in their catalog because some some ringtone providers had um uh like warner music and some of some of them maybe just had the emi there were like four major music companies at the time and uh you know these ringtone providers didn't have all those catalogs so they, they might have one or two at a time so i would take all that data and put it into one simple link and and how big did that get huh? How big did that business get? I was in front of Ringtone Matcher was in front of a half a billion people a month. What? Yeah, half a billion. So um and it was everywhere. I mean, it wasn't just lyric sites. I was on CBS radio, AOL radio, Yahoo Radio, Last FM, like every pretty much every music site. I remember even talking to Musically, which is TikTok now, right? I remember even talking to those guys. I was talking to uh we were talking to WhatsApp in the early days, like when they were just two guys or something, like we wanted to integrate because anytime somebody mentions music or a song or something, like I want it to be 
I want my <coughs> I want a ring to match her there to show up. So and but 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 when you're you're using the word we again, it's not we. Then, no, no, right? this company was. So actually, that company, I started Ring to Match myself. Again, I was a one-man show. At some point, I, um, we, you know, there was one little group of guys who were pretty good at dealing with advertisers, and um, or actually ringtone providers. And I felt like I need help on that front. And uh, so I merged those guys in. So there were five guys that merged into my company. Um, to form companies. when you say merge who bought who I was a uh, majority owner of the company and then the, the the five guys had the like they, they they had a third of the company I had two thirds how big was it when it was just you um, it was just it was going nuts uh, but uh, I think I believe the the year I think the year we merged it was ten million. <laughs> just profit. again, just Net. you. Yeah, ten million profit with just you. Do you? Why do you think? So this is the. We'll get to the rest in a minute. But why do you think that you find this weird stuff? And why don't you hire people? Two different questions. But how on earth do you find this type of stuff? You know, I, I, it's 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 funny. Like I know I see how organized you are, right? Like you make your goals, you lay everything out on paper, right? You're you're very organized, and you could think about it. You ask people for feedback. Um, I'm totally opposite of that. Um, I just kind of go with where like I like to test things, and I'm I, I guess I'm very curious. Um, and uh, and I and I I could be very very focused. But if I get distracted, I get very easily distracted, right? So it could be like sometimes it's a curse, but sometimes it's a blessing. A lot of times it's a blessing. Um, and I come across these interesting things, and my curiosity just takes it further. Um, so when I, when I, so the, the way I actually came across this thing was because I felt that that there was a point of my life where I was seeing Google was just too dominant part of my business. And I didn't like that um, because I didn't want to rely on any one thing. So I started looking outside of page search <clears throat> for supply. Um, and I came across these music sites and I actually started testing Rhapsody on them because I had such a good deal with Rhapsody. I was like, let me start marketing outside of search. I did okay, and I had these. You know, start building these relationships uh, with the music sites, and then, then, then I kind of tested a ringtone service, and it just crushed. Like it was not even close. Like it did three times better, and I was like, "Wow, this thing did three times better than Rhapsody." And that ringtone provider was uh, just covering U.S. just like one or two music labels, and like two carriers out of. Four. I think I had four, there were four major carriers at the time. I was like, hold on a second. If it's already tr- doing three times as well, what happens if I start integrating everything globally, right? So that's how Ringtone Matcher came about. Was there, when you launch stuff, what's your first version like? Junk. Like, do you get the it idea a, and it's alive redirect. in 12 I, hours? It was a kitty script. I wrote... Um, this you know guy was kind of 
freelancing for me a little bit. Um, I just, I, I didn't want to tell him about the idea. He's actually a CTO of one of my companies now. Um, he was like 15, 16 years old. And I didn't want to tell him the idea. So I said, hey, how do you script this? How do you script that? So I scripted it myself. <clears throat> and um, and uh, so, yeah, so it was pure junk. It was literally just a bunch of if and then statements on and, and ASP. It was a, we were running Windows um, Windows Server on ASP uh, infrastructure, so I, uh, I I had a bunch of redirects that were just doing a bunch of if and then statements and, and, and redirecting people based on certain parameters. When and when you're doing it, are you like? See, every time I've hung out with you, the reason I like hanging out with you and Joe, I consider Joe one of my best friends, and so I have like his attitude. You and Joe have the same attitude, which is like he's a little more laid back than me just, and you, I think. He is, he is, I've never seen him lose his temper. He is very <laughs> calm. And I'm like, hey, this didn't work out for this reason. He goes, oh, that's okay. Like, he's super calm, yeah. but you have that too. I think, I think that, like, I think that what it is, you have this, like, I don't know if it, the right word is like chutzpah, if the right word is like, I don't know what the word is, but it's almost like things I've heard, we're going to get to the rest of the stories because, because there's like this jewelry business that you started, which is like, seems like even bigger than, all the other things that you've done potentially and you like do these things where i'm like but like val you don't know anything about that and like you don't even have any employees like you don't know anything and but you just are like yeah but i you know whatever i'll just we'll just go a little bit further and then we'll see what happens and then if it <laughs> if it sucks i'll bail you know what i mean like you have this like oh shucks attitude like oh you know yeah we'll see what happens it's very interesting whereas like if i was doing what you were doing and I started seeing those results. I'm like, is this illegal? Am I breaking the law? Am I going to go to jail? What is going on? Like, it would, oh, it's almost like I would have most people would have self destructive tendencies when they see this like going so well. Yeah, that, look, I see that all the time. Uh, I feel like people tend to overthink things and spend a lot of time like analysis paralysis. Um, and the reason I think a lot of people are successful. Like, especially somebody like me, is while somebody's thinking about making perfecting one thing, which by the way will still have a you know sixty percent failure, right? On that one thing that you just overthought, I'd rather test ten things by uh, within that same time period, and I will likely have I have a better um, accuracy, or I'll have a better um, chance of hitting it out of the ballpark with one of those 10 things, or maybe more than one of those things. Yeah, how, how did you get into the jewelry business to start with? Um, so after I sold those two music-related companies, um, which uh, I took like three years off, off, you know, I thought I retired, I'll reti um, but it was anything but, I just got start, started getting like, my my curiosity was just taking me into all different like I was on all these boards and I was like you know, investing into a bunch of things and um and I realized after three years that I need to build something again. So I started looking at I knew that I wanted to do something where it's uh fixing or disrupting a fragmented space. I didn't really want to go after like corporate America. Um I wanted to go after like uh, mom and pops that 
when I say mom and pops, it could be like, you know, I'm thinking like car dealerships, right? They do tens of millions of dollars. It doesn't mean they're tiny, right? So I wanted to go after something like along those lines. Um, and I had some investments in the jewelry space. I had some family in the jewelry space. It's a pretty tight-knit community. Uh, I just happened to be, uh, had some family that, uh, to, that, that knows that, that, that business. Um, I actually worked as a teenager. I worked um, every weekend. I worked in a, in, a jewel, in, a, in a jewelry store. I knew, how to fix, like, I knew how to fix jewelry. I mean, I would sit on a bench uh, with a blowtorch at like 15 years old. Because uh, my cousin taught me, it was my, it was a, it was a family business. Uh, my my, <clears throat> my aunt and uncle's business. They had a couple um, jewelry stores, and um, they taught me how to fix jewelry. And um, to you know, so I knew the business a, a bit from the retailer's perspective. It always seemed like a very weird way to do business. I I always had questioned everything like they're doing. And um, so so. Um, so uh, the idea was, hey, like these retailers, um, if we could integrate, build a platform and services, and we could integrate into them. And this is a $300 billion industry, by the way, globally, um, which fragmented but controls is actually bigger. Um, independents are bigger part of the business, uh, fine jewelry, than uh, the majors, the chains. So I knew that, again, if I could build distribution – but I had to bring um, then. Then there's a lot of power there. But I had to bring value, and that's where my expertise in data and marketing, digital, all that came into uh, to fruition. You know, so we basically put this thing together. We integrate into stores and help them grow, help them bring customers, cut costs, increase their revenue. How much did you invest to start it? Um, to start it. Uh, I don't. I mean, to start it, I think I, we started off with a couple of million. So you put two million dollars of your in the own beginning. Money. Yeah. How big is this? And, but you've done more. I think you put more in since. How big is this going to be? I put in way more. I mean, at this point, I put in eight figures into this business. Um, I think it's a multi-billion-dollar company in the future. For real? You think it's a multi-billion-dollar company? Like to sell? Yeah, market cap. I, I I believe that a. I don't know if there's anybody big enough to buy my company or this or this company. We we actually have a lot of people this time around. It's not it's no longer just Val. Uh, we have a lot of employees. Um, I I believe this company will be um, if it's successful and we could do what we need to do and we could really help um, all these retailers step up their game. Um, I, I don't think that there's really a company in that space that would be big enough to acquire us. So like, the, the, but are you are you the CEO of that yeah. company? Is that smart? I mean, that doesn't seem like you're you're just you get up at 11 a.m. and like you go to bed at four. How are you the CEO <laughs> of a company that could be a billion dollar company? Um, yeah, no, good question. Look, I, um, we have a great team that is able to execute how many people um it's hard to say we, we became pretty global but you know our, our our offices outside of us are not all um most they're not employees right so they're so all all, all in um if i have to talk about factories our, our our tech teams our marketing teams our um we're probably talking about 70 people at this point Wow, and who's like? You're not running the day to day of the business, are oh, you? Oh hell yeah, yeah. Ninety five percent of my time goes into this business. 
So then are you like talking with the employees and things like that? I mean, you're like running all hands meetings and things like that. Yeah, I'm not big on meetings. I'll be on, you know, to be honest with you. Um, but, um, but, uh, I'm very accessible to all my team. I mean, uh, everybody on my teams have access to me. Um, I go into the office, um, in the city. We actually had the, we were in the office June, June, 2020. I mean, we had, you know, COVID like every, it was ghost town in the city and we had to figure out how to be in the office because it's not an e it's not just a, a digital ad business that I could just operate from, from work from home. Right. We had to have people in the offices and, uh, we did all kinds of things. We, 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 we got cars to car, um, to, to, to pull people in to the office. But, um, but anyway, we, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm there. I'm, I'm in the weeds. But it's not like you're kind of downplaying it. I invested in one of their your properties. We bought a sixplex in Greenpoint, I think. I forget. Well, we essentially uh, bought even... land, right? We bought a house because it's going to be knocked down. We're going to build a brand new. Uh, we're going to ground up construction. It's going to be uh, like a, a nice a nice condo building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. But I didn't even look at the details. <laughs> I was just like, I'll, anything that Val does, I'm part of. But it's it's way bigger than your. You're just saying like it's a project. I mean, I think you've bought like a hundred million dollars worth of real estate, right? No, I haven't. I haven't bought hundred million. Uh, we have six projects. A couple of them are already completed. Third one is a, just about to be completed. Uh, actually, two. The first two were completed and completely sold out. Uh, the third one is about to be completed and go on the market. Um, and then we have three other projects, and they are getting bigger and bigger. Um, the value of um, the, 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 the the combined sale value, value of those projects would be approaching a hundred million dollars. Do you, what do you what are you tinkering on now? What excites you now? What and and someone asked a good question, which is what is the uh, the equivalent of ringtones today? What's the equivalence of like? It's just crazy that it's just like you're kind of like this like digital cowboy you're just like this like one guy in the wild west <laughs> doing this shit with like no rules it, it just i just think it's hilarious that you are just a pirate who's taking it to the extreme where are the digital pirates at right now uh it has to be like tiktok um what do you mean it, it's you know I, you look for like those spaces that haven't been touched right um I guess people ask me, and I think I think what you, that's what you're saying. Like, what's what what can you what can be marketed these days, and how to get that kind of scale? And I, I don't. It's hard because what I've seen over over my career <clears throat> is that the windows of opportunity, those white spaces, right? The wind, those windows are becoming shorter and shorter and shorter every iteration, right? There was the Page search probably lasted a good six years. After that, um, or around that same time, there was display. That probably lasted a little less. And then there was social media. That that window probably, you know, the arbitrage window, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That probably lasted two, three years at best. Now you talk, you know, now you got like Instagram and TikTok, and you got the re um, Instagram Reels. Um, I mean, those are probably also one-year windows of opportunity if you could kind of catch that lightning and build on it, then you got something, but your, your window. And it's all rooted in distribution, which is how do you get distribution quickly? <coughs> and you're saying that you think it, that's TikTok. Do you think that, that window is still open? Um, I, I think if you have a knack for 
understanding how get virality or get content, then then you have your own distribution. If you don't have that knack, you got to figure out how to work with people that have the, that um, that access. So if there's one company that could work with all the Sam Pars, right? All the podcasters. Uh, how much is that worth? Like. We're using a platform here right now, right? That is just smart. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're doing the right thing. Like they're focusing on guys like you who have all this access, but they're not selling anything, right? They're just selling you a platform. If somebody could sell, figure out how to sell a product across number of podcasts, that's worth a lot. And you could sell, you could move a lot of product. And by the way, it doesn't have to be podcasts. What about all the TikTokers who are doing all those dances, right? I know, um, <clears throat> I know, uh, like for one company, they they scaled to like eighty million in sales a few years ago. I, I'm not gonna mention the name of it, but um, they they scaled to like eighty million in sales just on the back of YouTube influencers. What was the product? It was a cosmetics what related like- product, and they just cosmetics. What's that? Cosmetics. It was just like makeup or something or lotion. Yeah, or something. yeah. The numbers were just insane. And um, yeah, it, it was just a long tail. Oh, sorry, like it wasn't just the big influencers. Even the like thousands of mediocre uh, influencers or the smaller um, ones that just drove it. So stuff like that, like latch on to something that is big, um, especially if you could. Uh, <clears throat> latch on to the, like the long tail of it because not, not, not a lot of people look at the long tail part of uh, sure. businesses. Well, so one thing I wonder, you know, like this thing that Val talks about of testing out 10 different things before the other guy can put his pants on, right? Like you're, you're building your uh, perfect thing that's going to take you six months before you even get to market. Great. I'm going to test 10 things in that time. That sounds really nice, but also like, I guess I'll actually ask Sam first, then I'll ask you, Val. Yep. Like, what do you think it is about Val? What do you think it is about either his skill set or his personality that allows him to do that much testing where other people just like can't figure that out, apparently? the I think that this is a common thread that I've seen. Uh, I My buddy Joe is just like this. There's this thing, particularly, I find it amongst immigrants or children of immigrants and maybe because they've like experienced some type of hardship where they're like um like dude i've experienced some crazy shit or my family has experiencing has experienced crazy shit i have zero fear in looking like a fool if that's the worst if the worst that's going to happen is i'm going to look stupid or lose uh, a tiny amount of money i'm okay with that and i don't so i don't have any fear about that that's what that's what i think i've noticed that's the trend i've noticed amongst it, people like val look I, I think there's a i think that's I think there's a huge, that's a huge factor, and one of the things I look at, like I'm raising kids now, right? How do I make sure that they kind of, because they're not gonna grow up the same way I grew up, right? They're not gonna come out. Um, the, the resources they have, the access they have, it's very different from what I grew up with. So what I think I realized is the power. It's the power is in resourcefulness okay i was able to make a lot 
or do a lot, I should say, whether it's money or whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be just money. It could be whatever, whatever excites you, right? But I was able to do a lot with very little. But it's because I had no choice and I had very little. Like, I, we weren't poor. Like, don't give it, I didn't come from poverty or anything like that. But, but again, my parents couldn't afford a computer for me for the first six years of my life here, right? Um, so I, I got to think, like, how do I recreate that? And you can't really recreate that for your kids. But I figured, okay, I'm not, you know, not going to give my kids everything on a silver platter. So, so you, I mean, you just talked about my son. Like, he is... Uh, he, he, he's, his DNA is very like, my, like mine. Like, he, he's way ahead of me because he has all these tools. Like, you know, he has a computer way before me. I didn't buy him a computer. I, I made him save up the money. I don't care how he does it, birthdays, work, whatever. During that time, he researched all parts and everything. I think at the age of like seven or eight, he built a computer, bought the parts by himself. He built a computer from scratch by himself. I didn't even help him. That's crazy. So he now built two computers. Like, and he taught himself how to code. And um, <clears throat> So I, I suppress resources for my kids systematically. Not like I don't feed them. Like they're, 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 very, they're, they're doing just fine. Like they're, they're, <laughs> That's they go good to, to hear. school and yeah. everything. They live in a nice neighborhood, but I systematically uh, make sure that they're not uh, given all the resources because that's how you naturally learn to become resourceful. What do you think it is? Yeah, man? fundamentally, it's about doing more with less. Essentially, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, but but it has to start from day one. Are you driven by money? Yeah. Yes and no. Um, I, I, yes, because it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of like a score, right? I, I, I don't see no money. It's like a, it's a number in a bank account, right? Like you don't, it's not like back in the days where you look, you know, you, you know, it's not like we're Scrooge McDuck, like, and you get to jump through the, <laughs> through the vault of cash, right? Like I, I, um, would watch it as a kid and I was like, wow, I want to be that guy one day. Um, um. And, um, but, uh, no, I, I think, I think what I'm driven really is by just winning. And, um, there, there is, I think there is a bit of sense in me of, um, that I'm one step from losing it all. You still feel that way? Uh, I feel like it's still possible. I, I think, I think it's a, I think it's like an that immigrant thing, um, probably, by the way, I feel exactly the same way. I was like in bed last night telling my wife, I was like, I need to go to like a therapist or something. I'm like, I'm freaking out. We're going to lose everything. Is This is all going away. I feel the exact, I feel like I, for a long time, I like had a plan on where I would go if I was homeless. <laughs> like I, I still that, believe that, that in, it's all going in away. In some ways, in, in, a, in a weird way, kind of excite you. Not, I don't know about homeless, but that you got a chance to figure it out from scratch again it yeah because i like uh it does kind of make me it because when you have nothing it's kind of fun to play games because it's just easier to bet sometimes 
you can't bet as much, but it's kind of exciting to be like, just like a hood rat with nothing like, which I, which I was, um, it is kind of exciting, but I get fear of like the anxiety I, I feel of losing everything. Like I, like I have so many <coughs> spreadsheets that map out like, all right, when the money gets to this number, then I got to go and panic and get a job and start like Ubering. Like I have like a plan for that. <laughs> we, um, the reason why I had you on, and Ben, the reason why I wanted to show you this guy is now it's, he's hard to explain, but I wanted people to understand like a truly unique and original thinker. And I don't, you know, I, we, you're going to have to come on again, but like, do, do you, does it, do you understand what I'm saying, Ben? It's very original thinking. Yeah. And you, you can see that just in the way that like you vow have attacked, have tackled like a, a different set of problems than anyone else I've ever talked to. Uh, just like I've never talked to someone who's like, yeah, I tackled ringtones and then ad networks and then peer-to-peer -peer lending and then the jewelry business. Like, I just think that kind of belies how your mind functions differently than other people. Do you, do you feel that way? Like, do you feel that you just have unique perspective? Have you met anyone that looks at the world the way you do? And if you acknowledge that it's weird because, and you're saying that you didn't, you didn't actually realize it was weird until I talked about you in the podcast, like half a year ago, which is weird. Cause how old are you? Like 39, 38. And you're now just realizing that you're, you're, you're an oddball. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I didn't see myself that way until you did the whole expose, um, with that show on that one, that one episode, um, that you didn't tell me about, but, uh, <laughs> after our lunch. But um, I know. But, I, uh, yeah. When you by said, the way, like, I, I I told Joe I was like, dude, I'd never do that. I almost always ask for permission before I talk about it, but I just was too excited and I forgot. Uh, uh, I um, it, it was. I have actually. I have a story, but I'm telling you that after um on okay. that. But um, so to me, like when you said like, oh, this guy goes from this industry to that industry, he's like jumping all over the place, and he's you know kind of successful or or successful and at, at doing it. This is like crazy. I was like, huh. I, I didn't. I never thought of it myself that way. That, but it, it makes sense. Like, I, I, I don't know. I keep jumping different categories. I guess again, I'm like, that curiosity just kicks in, and 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 I just. But I, I I go after it instead of just what if. You know, I just kind of go after it. But um, no, I I, I until now I really haven't realized uh, that that how odd that is. Uh, but thank thank you for letting me know that I'm, uh, I'm really strange. I just think that like, there, there's just a bunch of unique, there's just a bunch of unique things about you. And I think it's so cool. When I say weird and odd, that's a really good compliment, by the way. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, always... I know you well enough now to, to know that's a compliment. And, um, uh, so, so the funny story about, again, before you, I was pretty under, under the radar, right? Like, yeah, you can find stuff on me. You have to really look like nobody really, put it out there right and so then joe tells me like you're gonna do the, do the podcast and i didn't tell my wife and then the podcast comes out i'm like hey sarah um um the 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 um this guy did a podcast on me she's like and who cares about a podcast what well, she's like you know but he's gonna talk about me she's like who cares like what, what a couple hundred people gonna listen I'm like, apparently this guy has like a million people listening. She's like, oh, great. 
Um, she's like, did he ask you permission? I was like, not really. So I don't really know what he's talking about. Um, so she's like, okay. So the thing comes out. I was like, so we're listening to it. And, and you keep saying Val. You keep saying Val, Val, Val. Like you never say, uh, right? Never say my last name. And, and then you, you and Sean go into like this tangent talking about red pill and blue pill or whatever. So she's like, and so we thought like it's it. Val part is over, right? She's like, okay, it wasn't so bad. He never mentioned your last name. Who the heck, who the heck is going to figure out who's Val? And then after you went off to a tangent with the, about the pills, you're like, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention his full name. Let me spell, <laughs> Let me spell it out for you. <laughs> and you literally spelled my last name. So she's like, I'm going to kill this guy. <laughs> oh, she was bad? No, no, she wasn't bad. She's, she's, very, she's, very, she's very nice. Everything, I thought that everything we said, you could find publicly. And we didn't reveal anything, like, crazy. And um, I tried to only, like, I just read your LinkedIn. That's basically all I did. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, you, you could think, find stuff. About, but it's, you know, it's one thing to, information to be out there for somebody to look for it. Um, but it's another one when you're on full blast, right? Like, and it, it's being discovered. Um, so, right, uh, by yeah. audiences. So, so that's all new to me. I know. I, I felt like an asshole when that happened. I, I'm normally always good about that. So like if someone, if we're out with friends and people are talking about stuff, I'm like, hey, is this private or not? Like they have to make sure they say it's private around me. Yeah, um, it, 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 you're, 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 you're a nice guy, so I'll, I'll let it slide. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I blew up your spot. And, and yeah, I that's something I remember the day that happened. I was like, oh, my God, Joe, I didn't even realize it. Because sometimes when Sean and I were recording, I forget that it's a podcast. I just like it's just like friends yeah, talking, talking yeah. to one. Of, and I forget. I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot that was I just said that on air. I can't believe that. <laughs> so that that was one of those examples. But um, dude, this was awesome. What do you think, Ben? This is this is pretty badass. This is great. It's got me fired up to go. I know you're doing your Airbnbs this year, Sam. That's kind of your thing. Val told me not to do up. it, though. Right before this podcast, he said, don't do it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to do it anyway. But he, I told him these two ideas that I might work on. And he basically said, uh, dude, I was like, should I work on going hard on content? Should I work on this job board idea or this Airbnb thing? And he goes, do content. And I was like, oh, that's the one I don't want to do. But I said, don't do it now. <laughs> Well, I didn't actually, he literally sent me his response like three minutes before the podcast. So I didn't entirely read the, I haven't read the whole, his whole reply, but he's, he's like the, he's like the, 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 the layup thing that's just going to bog you down. That's what he said. Yeah, I think, so, I, 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 think so. I, I, I think it's something you could do in the future, but not now. I do feel inspired after hearing for, about and from Val of like, I need to be trying more things, like just taking more swings and like putting more experiments out there to see kind of what, what lands. I like that. Yeah. Listen, Dude, throw stuff against the wall. Like, see what sticks. Um, what's the worst? But when you throw, mo when most people throw stuff against the wall, it's a half-ass attempt. When you throw stuff against the wall, like, you, you spend money or you, like, you, you said that when you were like, when you didn't have much, you spent like six or $7,000 on ads to see if this X thing could work. Whereas most people will like, like, oh, that's, I'll lose a couple hundred bucks. I don't want to do that. It's like you, you actually tried. But that, that was an accident. Like, like in that thread, that was an accident. There were no budget caps back then. So I turned it on I go to sleep and I woke up to a $6,000 spend. Yeah, but you still did it. I mean, I get just like most people just don't do you, your your attempts are like good. So, when I was going to all these music sites, you know how I get their attention. 
I would go to a site and I would just kind of through Alexa or whatever, I kind of knew how much traffic they have. And I knew these guys were outside the country. And to get their attention, I would literally email them and say, hey, I'll give you $100,000 or I'll give you $50,000. I'll give you $20,000 prepaid. I'll wire it tomorrow just so you could te- uh, test my ringtone matcher link for seven days. If you don't like it, if it doesn't make you enough money, take the link off. We'll never talk again. If you, want, if you like how much it generates, we'll sign, you'll sign a contract um, and everybody signed a contract. Because those two text links were generating like five times, like somebody who was making like a, like there were sites that were making like, top sites were making like $100,000 a month. I would pay him 400000 a month on top of that. And and how many people actually took you up and said, all right, fine, Everybody. wire me the money and then I'll put yours. They all wanted the money first. Oh, oh uh, the money. Uh, um, My success rate on that email was just, I mean, who the hell is going to take money like up front? I would be like, you know what? I don't need you to do it up front. I'll give it a try just because you're serious. And you actually told the story on Palm's podcast because you like, you were like bold, but you have high integrity because like, I think there was a guy who you owed a lot of money to because uh, they were a customer of your, or they were a vendor and you just had a, a bill that you had to pay them and they like changed their address or something. And you're like, dude, I can't find you. I owe you $60,000. And you like held on to the $60,000 for like, a long time and you just were seeking them out everywhere like hey where'd you go i need to pay you your money yeah yeah it pays off like um um it's it's it's, we because we had so many international people um in the music business when the great recession hit and they were were in all these countries and uh where their their banks a lot of them were banks were located in weird areas uh weird, weird, weird countries like cyprus and they would literally tell us, hey, stop, stop wiring us money. We, we don't trust the bank we're working with. I got to get a new bank account. Like, we held their money for, they told us to hold their money for, I mean, we had millions in, in our bank account that didn't belong to us. And all these sites basically told me, told me, like, I was kind of like their bank for, for a while because they didn't want to get paid and they didn't, they didn't trust the bank. Um, it was phenomenal to me. Like, I couldn't understand that they, they, they trust us trust me with their money um uh for i mean it was i think some in some cases up to a year we we, we were holding their money because he had nowhere to send it that's crazy yeah. dude this uh, is a good conversation i'm happy you came on this is awesome um, uh you, you, um listen you're you're doing I, I told you before i love your podcast it's very um it's very like it's it's very like layman terms right it's it actually takes a lot of intellect in my opinion to dumb things down well thank you i appreciate that it helps uh yeah oftentimes i wonder like it, i've a lot of my friends are english as a second language maybe uh it's like i'm always amazed can you imagine coming to another country where you don't speak the language at like 12 13 14 15 16 and then like just crushing it i just so i, I think that's just like amazing i've got a bunch of friends who are esls and they'll they'll like i'll help, I'll help them write stuff because um they're just a little rough and i'm like dude how are you so badass <laughs> i just i'm amazed that you, you're i'm just amazed at some of these yeah, folks, like, so, and, like, and you're one of those people yeah whether, like whether you're a cell like my english is pretty good now but i still can't yeah put my thoughts together in a, in a way that makes it so interesting for people to understand and you know how to break that down so like you know you you help me with some of my some of my you know one of my you know pieces on that so that's that's power. Well, thank you. 
I appreciate you coming on. This is badass. Listen, I appreciate you guys having um, me on. 